Hello and welcome to the Engineer Your Success Leadership and Life Harmony Like a Mother show. I'm your host, Kenya Romanovska, award-winning journalist turned maternity leave and working motherhood strategist and CEO of Pros and Babes. Being a new mom or working mom can be so hard and we believe you should never be alone with that overwhelm of figuring out work-life balance on your own. So we've created this place for you successful moms with small kids working in competitive corporate careers or STEM fields so you can redefine your priorities and values after having kids. That's so important. Find work-life balance or integration on your terms and find belonging in an outstanding community of fellow moms so we can create that really clear path forward and never be alone with a crushing overwhelm, isolation, or fears about balancing life and work after kids again. Of course, we bring you the best tips, guest experts, and interviews to engineer your personal and professional success without compromising family happiness or health. And my special guest today is Kelly Willie. She's the founder and owner of Fit Your Life. She's a registered nurse in, obstetri in obstetrics and public health, a clinical exercise physiologist, a wife and mom of two. She fell in love with leading fitness classes in 2006 and has trained women in all stages of life. And in 2015, she started Fit Your Life, bringing together her understanding of the immense physical and emotional shifts that occur through pregnancy, birth, and motherhood, and her passion for keeping women active during these very special times in their lives. She continues to do training to gain a deeper understanding of the hormonal shifts that occur throughout womanhood and the effect that this has on our incredible bodies. So today, Kelly is going to talk to me about fitness for the busy mom, how to find a routine that works for you and to stick to it. That's really key, right? Make it a habit. And then some key tips on exercising through pregnancy, after birth and through the menstrual cycle phases. I love that. So welcome, Kelly. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me. Good to be here. Thank you. So you are, you know, you are quite known in um, in Alberta and Edmonton and recognized for the work that you have done for women's health. And we are so grateful to you because we live in a world that is created by men and we're trying to design our way in it, right? And and the fact that you are honoring these important, creative, demanding phases of a woman's life is so empowering. So tell us, um, Tell us about what is your philosophy for fitness for the busy mom? Like, what's your starting point? You have women coming to you pregnant or maybe they're postpartum or maybe they're working. And what is kind of the main thing that they come to when they come? I want to exercise, but I don't know where to start. What's the starting point for the relationship with you? Sure. Yeah, that's a great place to start. Um, so some women, like you said, some women kind of learn about us when they are become pregnant or they knew about us before they were pregnant and they start, you know, they got that pet positive test and they jump into our classes right away because they want to do, I'm going to use quotation marks here, all the right things. And then some women learn about us later on or they join postpartum or some women even join later into their motherhood um, because they like, they like the classes or they've heard about our classes. So really anywhere along that spectrum. Um, we find our participants, but I think our foundation really is to dial into, like you said, exercise that works for us, with us, no matter what stage we are in along that journey and helping us to feel empowered, stronger, um, a deeper mind-body connection, and then just to gain an understanding of what's going on in our body. Um, if you've ever attended one of my classes a lot, I cue a lot, um, and it's really just um, in hopes that everyone who attends, even if they only ever attend one class, that they gain a little more understanding of what's going on within their bodies. 
Yes, absolutely. And when it comes to pelvic health and healing that region, I think there's been a lot more discourse on the topic in the last few years. But when I, when I had my first son, who's now four, there wasn't, I don't know, it didn't feel like there was tons, or maybe I just didn't have the awareness. And now I feel like with you talking about it, and there's just more conversation online. So what are some key things women should know about their pelvic health and what happens and how they should nurture their body through this transition? Because without that awareness, kind of, you know, you have the baby and then you go back to life, but things have changed. And sometimes people go through their whole life with symptoms of maybe some incontinence or, you know, areas that haven't healed properly or any trauma. And, uh, and that can carry into all aspects of your life unconsciously. So what should women know, you know, when they get that positive pregnancy test, how should they be approaching that relationship with their body? Yeah, great question. Um, and I like what you said about that there is more dialogue about about these shifts that happen in our body. And I definitely think that social media, more education, thankfully more research, more women's health, perinatal related research, um, pregnant body related research is coming to the forefront. More uh, physiotherapists gaining interest in this area, more Mm -hmm. RNs or nurses gaining interest in this area. Um, So there's just more and more information out there, which is great. But then sometimes we need to dial that in a little bit. Um, so I think just having at least that basic understanding that no matter how our pregnancy goes and no matter how we birth children, our pelvic floor uh, is affected, but then our mm-hmm. pelvic floor also is part of this bigger structure throughout the pelvis that leads to the core. And, and I mean, it's just like that song we learn when we're kids. Um, everything in the body is connected and there are major shifts that happen in the body. And it's not to be scared of those shifts really, but to embrace them, to notice them. And that's that piece about dialing into learning what's going on within our bodies. And then we can notice when there is the, when there are those shifts or when a shift occurs. And then and to be able to gain the tools to know what to do about it. So when we feel something different that we've never experienced before, let's say, like you said, incontinence, or we leak urine, and that has never happened in our bodies before, um, and not to be terrified by it and just be like, oh, that's interesting. That's new. Let's dive a little bit deeper to notice that. And then to also know that there are professionals who are trained in these areas to help us uh, diagnose and create treatment plans. And these aren't things that we necessarily need to live with if we don't want to live with those. And we can each create our own tailored plans to return to whatever activities, daily activities of life that we want to symptom free um, and that that will all take time throughout that journey. It's so important because obviously that will affect our intimacy with our partner, how we feel, how we've healed. And one thing I've noticed, um, sadly, I don't know if it's more common now, I don't know if it's the pandemic, but I've noticed that a lot of women have experienced trauma and loss. Um, and so that can all be tied there, right? And kind of like that, you were talking about that mind-body connection. That's so critical because there can be a lot of guilt. There can be a lot of shame. And and so how do you help women love themselves once they've experienced this loss and they might have like all these contradictory feelings? Perhaps they're also working with a therapist. But I'm sure that when you work your body and you feel those symptoms and can be mad at your body, right? You can be like, well, why are you the way you are? So how do you guide women even 
emotionally because it's not just a physical exercise, right? It's 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 an emotional experience to to strengthen. Hundred percent. And whether whether people um, are used to getting that deep, intense sweat, and that's what they're yearning for and craving, and they want to be able to do that without any symptoms, or they're new to exercise and it's kind of all new with these symptoms layered on top of that. Either way, like, like you said, there is definitely emotions tied into that. There can be guilt, there can be shame. Um, and unfortunately in the virtual world, I feel like I'm having less of those conversations one-on-one mm -hmm. -on -one with people um, when we're able to teach more in person or as we're getting back into teaching more in person, um, more of those side conversations can happen afterwards but I think number one for all trainers and definitely a philosophy that I live with is um, just to normalize this conversation if we are experiencing X Y and Z if we are experiencing this and to normalize that it does happen um, and if we don't want that to occur in our bodies that there are certain things that we can try and there's no one exercise that will fix everything and no one solution for everyone um, but to know that that we don't need to live with those things. And I think even just normalizing it, using those specific words, yeah. uh, different descriptors help women feel um, heard or feel like they're not alone. And yes. I've even witnessed in the last six years of Fit Your Life, just the more that we talk about it, the more that it's talked about and we can bring these things to the surface. And same with miscarriage. I mean, there's all these things about motherhood and Pros and Babes does an excellent job of this as well. Just by bringing these topics to the surface, uh, it allows them not to be secret because when things are secret, that's where shame and guilt can live. Well, and, and what I noticed in our community, and I think you work with a very similar demographic, often these are women who work hard, are powerful, get things done at work, are known, right, like are on schedule, and then enter motherhood, and that's a place where you have to surrender. Like, you know, your body needs to do the work to give birth, you're, you're just growing this life with without really... You know, you, you, like life is growing inside of you, whether you, you control it or not. And so it can be hard to carry both energies. On the one hand, you were the CEO in your in your work life. But then when it comes to your body and motherhood, it's like, wow, it doesn't feel so much in control. And so I think that's where when you're talking about the secretive aspect or the sadness or if women have suffered a miscarriage, you know, had a miscarriage or more than one they wear these masks and then they kind of stay all alone with the suffering. And so obviously our, um, our pelvic area carries so much emotionally in it. So thank you for bringing that to light mm. and for anybody who needs to, needs to hear that you are not alone with these emotions. You are not alone in carrying all these contradictions inside your body. Right. So please honor them. Um, let's talk about, uh, let's say maybe, so we talked about the seeing the, the line, knowing having that positive pregnancy test, do you want to talk about exercise maybe during pregnancy or postpartum right now? What's a, a natural way to continue the conversation about what people should know around exercising? And we talk about moms, but maybe dads should know some things too about supporting their partner through this journey or how they need to exercise because they're going to be swinging the baby. Sorry, they're going to be swinging the baby, right? And you can get all sorts of injuries when you're not preparing your body properly. So what about the pregnancy period when uh, when so much changes in the body? 
Yes, yes. Um, I feel that it's very important, and I've you know written and spoke on this quite often, um, that it is really important to exercise mindfully during our pregnancies. And this may or may not look different for some people than it did pre-pregnancy. Um, I think we are trying to wash away, or maybe we've done a good job of washing away that we can just keep doing what we, will, we, what we were already doing. There's some truth to that, but if we weren't exercising, it's actually a great time to start exercising. And if we were doing certain kinds of exercise, they might need to be shifted a little bit. Maybe, maybe not. And again, that's all unique. Um, but I think, like you said, we want to think about what those goals are throughout pregnancy. So what are our goals through pregnancy, our goals through labor and birth, and our goals for that recovery period postpartum, and then our goals for motherhood. So just like we create goals when we're training for, let's say, a half marathon or a marathon or another kind of race, we tailor our training accordingly. And there, there is a lot of strength requirements. There's endurance requirements um, yes. throughout our body as it shifts and then during all those stages I just mentioned. But then also remembering that we need to honor our energy levels. We need to honor those changes. So even though we have this training plan, also giving ourselves this flexibility and grace that when we wake up one morning and our energy is just zero, then we really need to maybe take a step back, honoring where we are. And maybe we just do a little bit. Maybe we just do some, um, some deep core connection or some breath or some release that day because often the release is as important as the strengthening. And then when we can combine the two over the long term, um, that's really where we'll, we will achieve um, that success in our training towards our goals. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm, I'm curious, we had this debate this weekend with, we, we got to go to a retreat in Kananaskis with our community mm. was so good. And, and I said something like, oh, it takes about two years for your body to go back to normal after given birth. And then somebody chimed in and said, no, it never goes back to the way it was. And I was like, huh, that's probably right. So, <laughs> so can you talk about that? I was even thinking, and I, and I like to give the example of myself um, for, no protein connection but i started swimming in september and i was poking my belly i'm like i'm not sure if things are still quite reconnected and my youngest is over two i'm still nursing him so i bet those hormones are at play and i'm like i'm wondering what's going on with my body is it quote unquote back to normal or is it a new normal so can you speak can you speak to that what does the body ever go back to the way it was before or does it change forever or is it a combination of both somehow? Yeah, yeah. Let's say a combination of both. I mean, our body is still our body. Our mind and our heart are still our minds and our heart. But just like, this is my personal philosophy anyways, just like our mind and our hearts will never be the same after becoming mothers, after becoming parents, um, our body is never really the same. And it's not for better or for worse. Well, actually, again, my personal philosophy, it's for the better. Um, and because we can learn so much about our bodies in that time, but, um, our uterus, our pelvis, our rib cage and other structures in our body, everything from our cardiovascular, our pulmonary system. So our heart and our lungs to our breast tissue, to our musculoskeletal system, it 
all changes. So we truly shift as we enter motherhood and some of those shift back. um, But just as all of our internal organs are displaced to grow our fetus, our baby, um, they start to shift back, but they may never be exactly in the same place again. And that can, you know, it then it snowballs into these other changes that may never be the same. Um, and just to embrace that that is okay and to embrace that we're all different along those journeys. Some women's frames will be smaller than they were pre-pregnancy and some people's frames will be larger than they were pre-pregnancy. Um, and then there's hormonal shifts that happen um, throughout all of that as well. So it really is to say that there's a lot of our body that does not ever go back to the way it was before, that it is this new normal. Um, but then also, this is one of my favorite things to talk about is a female's body, someone with female physiology is truly never the same day to day. So we are constantly Mm -hmm. in a state of shift um, with our estrogen, with our progesterone and all our other reproductive hormones as we go through pregnancy, postpartum, and then our menstrual cycle, which is what what makes us so hard to research, which is why there hasn't been much research done on female physiology. Um, Because unlike males, who are relatively the same day to day, we change. We are a mystery. We're not quantifiable as women. I think that's kind of exciting that we can just be uh, measured in the same way. I used to think, I used to see it a bit of an, in a negative light because we were talking about in our community about medicine and medication, how it hasn't been studied on women's bodies, but you're, you know, you're saying, well, we're so incredible. So we're hard to, to be studying. You were mentioning how, the body shifts at different stages. Can you speak to that um, a little bit? Different stages of our menstrual cycle? Is that? Yeah. yeah. I know we got a bit cut off earlier. Yeah, for sure. So um, there's been some incredible work coming out, some of it out of the University of Calgary, and then some um, more on an international level. Dr. Stacey Sims has done some really incredible research on the female physiology and how we shift through our through our menstrual cycle and um, kind of looking at optimal exercise, optimal fuel, um, Mm. sleep, and all these different things as we shift. And then also reinforcing that even though there's that standard 28-day cycle, we all vary and there's normals within that. Um, And it's really just about honoring energy, Um, fuel requirements, and then types of exercise that we'll really honor as the hormones shift. And it's not to say that we can't do certain things in certain stages of our menstrual cycle, or we should only do certain things during other stages. Um, But it's really just to honor if we push ourselves really hard during certain phases or stages, um, and then we feel exhausted the next day and we can't figure out why, that there might actually be some physiological reasons for that. Yes, that's fascinating. It's such a, I would almost say it's like a different wave of feminism because I think when I was growing up, even the the marketing around products for women, tampons, pads, all of that was like, don't let your period get in your way. That was the message we got, right? It shouldn't stop you from doing anything you want. And what I'm hearing a lot more in conversations, and I hope, you know, we were talking about what would happen if more mothers were in power, if we were building the world, influencing the world. I think we can build such a different narrative around productivity mm-hmm. and rest and flow. So can you speak to so to different phases of the cycle? I've been, obviously, there are times where we're more creative and times where we may want to withdraw a little bit more, times where we 
if we're really loving and honoring our bodies, giving ourselves the rest that our body is asking for. And so instead of being in a fight with our body and trying to go against it, and maybe when we're slightly younger, we can push ourselves and not notice, but when we have kids and our hormones change and we're sleep deprived, I think we can become more attuned to those cycles. So can you talk uh, about how different phases of the cycle could align with different moods, different levels of productivity, fuel, nutrition, exercise? All of that. 100%. Um, and I think for each each person to gain a little bit more knowledge about where they are in their cycle. So as a baseline, we can use apps. Um, there's some really great ones out there. The Wild AI app is one of the best ones out there right now. It was developed by this Dr. Stacey Sims that I mentioned before. So Wild AI. And you input some of your menstrual cycle information in there. And it begins to track for you kind of your average. And then you can also enter your exercise. It gives you, gives you tips on your fuel, your rest, and all of that. So I think as a baseline, that's a really good place to start is just knowing these ebbs and flows within our own body. Then we can start to understand and embrace um, when we do have these bursts of creativity. So we think we like, oh my gosh, I want to do this project. I want to do this project. I want to do this project. And like why all of these thoughts come to our minds. And then as our hormones start to taper off in the week to 10 days before our cycle, before we meant straight, then we're kind of, you know, like you said more, we want to hibernate and we feel a little more fatigued. And some of those ideas almost seem overwhelming that we had only a mm -hmm. few weeks prior. So once we start to understand our own thought process, our own energies, and how exercise and fuel can also play into those, then that's a really key way to look at our um, efficiencies throughout the entire month. So then as females, we can potentially plan or schedule things around when, these, when we have these energy bursts or the energy will be a little bit lower. So in the week, in the week 10 days before our, before we met, and our energy is lower and we tend to want to hibernate a little bit more, then we can really start to notice where we can bring in more efficiencies into our month and into our work life. So especially if we have the type of job or career where we can control when certain meetings happen, maybe adjust certain deadlines or the deadlines that we're setting for ourselves, we can start to honor these ebbs and these flows. And so, you know, pour a little bit more into those creative. So when our hormones start to rise after menstruation and we have all those awesome ideas, we have a little bit more energy. And then in that latter part, of the month before we menstruate, we might not schedule as much. Yes, that's fascinating. You know, part of me thinks, is this compatible with a modern world? But it gives me right. hope. <laughs> but it gives me hope because we can get started. We might not get it perfectly. And we, I think we have to be kind with ourselves. Like I would have, I don't know, even a year ago or two, or when I was starting my reflection on accountability productivity, I would be like, align with your menstrual cycle. Ha, ha, ha. What a silly idea. Nobody will allow us to do that, right? And I've shifted my mindset to think we have to start somewhere. 100%. Women have the right to vote, you know, some time ago, now they do. And so perhaps not everybody may in their profession have the ability to align so much, but can get started you can bring more of that awareness i always encourage women to book rest time in advance right especially moms going back to work i know what's coming 
I'm like, put it on your calendar at least one day quarterly. And there's such resistance. They're like, no, there's work to do. And, you know, and then a happy year goes by. And I'm like, well, do you understand now? Why I, why I insist on that time off? So maybe we might not be able to get it right away. But for sure, there's such huge hope for our daughters. And even for us, if we're really intentional and start making choices and decide, okay, I want to honor my own way of being over time. And what can I start doing today? So let's say for somebody who hears this and says, Kelly Kenya, like you're crazy. I can't possibly align my court cases with, with that. How, how could they get started? Like what is one thing they can do? 100%. And um, I mean, I'm an RN. There's no, it's not like I can show up for a shift and be like, you know, I'm going to start menstruating next week. So I'm only, only going to work at half capacity. I'm only going to give my patient half of me. No, we don't do that. None of us, um, you know, show up to work only hoping to give 50% of ourselves or whatever it is. And so, you know, whether it's those court cases or those busy days. And I completely understand that. And trust me when I say I do. Um, but then as you alluded to, there are maybe other things in our lives that we can shift when we know the energy will be a little bit less. So if we are still scheduled to work our full days or our full shifts during those lower energy um, parts of our cycle, well, then maybe we scale down on a little bit of social activities or we scale down on the intensity of the exercise and conserving that energy that we need and then also coming into tune with what will actually build up our energy. Maybe certain forms of exercise will build up that energy. Maybe certain forms of social interaction will build up that energy. So really being mindful in those other things that we're able to schedule and really trying to be honest with ourselves in what might need to scale back during those times you know, what we really need. Ah, oh, this makes me so excited for even content in my program. Like, oh, we could start building that in a little bit more as, as we 100%. plan. We've definitely been getting more into these phases of like productivity and rest, but a little bit more aligned with the seasons and less so, you know, I was thinking like winter, spring and fall, a little bit less on a monthly, on a monthly basis, but it's just a good reflection to start having and to honor our bodies in that way. I love that. 100%. Okay, so yeah. So I'm seeing how to find a routine that works for you and stick to it. We didn't, the sticking part. So how, and I remember having those conversations with you. I remember to the first time I came in your studio before the pandemic and like, I wanted to do things that, you know, I, I realized that, well, I, my body still needs some healing. That was, that was kind of painful and I didn't feel ashamed. And then it took me a while to find a routine that works for me. And I never, I never thought that I'd wake up early to exercise but I started doing that. And I said, if I start with me in the morning, so I get up at 530, I'll walk and I'll go swimming and then I'll do like a hot tub and a steam. And it, it combines so many things, not only the physical exercise, but also starting the day, focusing on my energy, not putting it last, but putting it first on my list. It took me a couple of years to get there, like with the kids. Now my boys are four and two. And for some time I was doing a lot of walking. That was my main exercise. Other times I would bike to work. Um, but up until now, in general, it's felt like a struggle to integrate it in the schedule. It was like I'm forcing it or I'm stealing time from other areas. And I'm sure I'm not the first person to say that to you. No. So no. How, how do you work with women to help them find a routine that, that sticks for them, that works for them for the different seasons of life? 100%. And um, I, think, I think it is truly a trial and error for each person mm -hmm. and knowing that that can shift 
through the seasons. And as we know, seasons with our children, some seasons are like two weeks long, but when you're in the thick of it, it seems like a lot. Um, And really just starting with the foundations. So if we can establish, yes, in the morning is the best time for me, great. If after the kids are in bed, that's the best time for me, my lunch hour, during nap time, like really trying to figure out these pockets, but knowing that that can shift and change as well. So if we typically know that we are best in the morning when we can wake up, get that energy, focusing on ourselves, moving our bodies, setting our minds first thing in the day before the house wakes up, fantastic. But then what happens when one or all of our children have a wild and crazy night, we need that extra half an hour, hour of sleep in the morning, then that doesn't mean that everything is unraveled. We might still be able to find a pocket during that day. So what I mean by foundations is it doesn't need to be a long amount of time. 10 minutes of physical activity um, sometimes is all we need just to like reset our mind, reset our body, get that adrenaline pump going. Um, So that's, that's one thing. It doesn't have to be a long amount of time. Setting up a routine fantastic, but being flexible with our routine is really important. And then number three, being efficient, especially in this stage in our life when our kids are little, they still require a lot of physical and emotional energy from us. Um, We need to be really efficient. We need to be doing exercises that work us towards our goals, whatever those are, that they feel really good for us. If we strongly dislike, or should I use the word hate, the type of exercise that we're doing, well, that's not going to be very sustainable either. And again, all three of those things, um, the timing, the routine, and uh, and the type of exercise might be trial and error in all seasons of our life. And just really being okay with that and, you know, being open to trying new things. And we'll add a little bonus one, number four, of accountability. If we can find someone in a similar season going through similar things and maybe has similar interests, they don't have to be the exact same, um, that we can connect with even on a weekly basis, if not a daily basis, makes a huge difference. So on those tough days, we can open up about it, um, but then have that person to tell us because sometimes we can't tell ourselves, oh, it's okay. You can, you know, we can, we can do this or we can do that. But to have that other voice um, or other voices, some, some people have little groups um, on messenger or WhatsApp or whatever. Um, And they message every morning like, hey, I did this this morning. I'm feeling great. And it can be so good with that accountability. Yes, I love that. Accountability is key to achieving anything. We're so much more likely to achieve our goals. I think it's, I don't know, it's like 60 or 9%, even if we have an accountability buddy. So that's such a great tip. And I wanted to mention, you know, we, um, like our, our podcast, so we launched in October a couple of weeks ago. And so we've got so, so much positive feedback so far. And I think one key thing we hear is overwhelm in women. There's a lot to think about, right? There's our health, our finances, our marriage. And so if anybody's listening to this podcast and really wants to prioritize health in the months to come, or you don't know how to fit it with all the other pieces of your life, right? Like it just, you have decision fatigue and you're, you're trying to be everything to everyone. I love breaking things up in categories and there's a lovely year planning tool that I like to use that asks you, well, where are you in terms of your creativity, your hobbies, your physical life? Like, how are you going to put it all together? So breaking it up and then deciding of all of them, you can't possibly prioritize all 12 areas of your life. But if health is number one for you, then if you're listening to this podcast, 
make sure to put time on your calendar, whether it's monthly, whether it's quarterly, whatever, just like get started. Maybe it's five minutes per day. Maybe you're going to sign up for Kelly's classes, right? So before we actually get into the next um, question about what your kids will say about you in 25 years is <laughs> how can right, how can people experience your, your programming? Because I don't know if you know, you do a hybrid of online and in person or kind of a mix. Things are shifting all the time, but I know people can find you online for sure. So uh, where, where can they exercise with you? Speaking of yeah. Yeah. So if anyone does want to exercise with me, exercise with Fit Your Life, I have um, personally and professionally gone through a lot of shifts through this pandemic as most of us have, but especially in the last few months, um, Fit Your Life itself has scaled down significantly. We still have four or five weekly offerings that I'll mention in just a moment um, as I start to build my nursing practice a little bit more. And we haven't touched on that, but that's okay. Um, so dialing into a few other exciting things happening and then I'm also starting to offer classes at some other studios as well not necessarily completely women's focused um, but if you want to sweat with fit your life we offer a rise and shine program every Wednesday morning. So that's a 25 minute, we do five minutes of gratitude, 25 minutes of movement every Wednesday morning, super early. That's virtual. So you just roll out of bed and join us. Um, there's two offerings, 525 and 6 a.m. And so you can jump on one of those. We alternate every week between a mobility and core, which we did this morning, a hit and a strength. And then Friday mornings, we have a hybrid of virtual or in-person. Person. So you can do one or the other. That's Friday mornings, 930. All ages of children are welcome to come to the studio where we're offering the in-person session. And Thursday evenings, we offer a prenatal fit. So for any expecting uh, people out there or anyone who just wants that style of workout, they're welcome to come as well. You don't have to be expecting to join in on that one. And then finally, our all about balance on Sunday mornings is a really nice way to start your Sunday morning. Some strength, um, some single-sided movements, dialing into the core, the breath alignment, uh, 45 minutes, and then you're off with the rest of your Sunday. Uh, and then mm -hmm. I'm also instructing at Runaway and one other one that's coming up right away that we'll announce later this week. But all of this, if you're wanting to find all of this, because you didn't write it down, uh, fityourlifefitness.ca for anything Fit Your Life related. On Instagram is at fityourlifeyeg. Facebook is fityourlifefitness. And then my personal um, trainer and nurse Instagram handle is at trainerkelly.rn. So that's where you can find me doing all of the things. Amazing. Obviously, we're going to put all of this in the show notes, right? <laughs> yes, but you don't have a pen. A lot of people like to listen on a walk with a baby or driving or however, right? Or like juggling. Our philosophy at Frozen Babes is how can we teach you stuff where you don't need to and, you know, apply things where you, both of your hands can be busy? Because as a mom, we really get that all the time. Right. So, so we've got in the show notes for you. Um, Kelly, to wrap up our conversation, so we had a question. I, I love to think about the long game and it helps prioritize things. And when we think about the long game, obviously health has to be a priority. Otherwise, without our health, there's, you know, we, we can't do anything. So in 25 years, when you and your daughters are going to be sitting on the beach, the sun's setting, they're adults, you're looking back on that life you've lived together, right? Them growing up as girls, watching this powerful mom, an entrepreneur, nurse, like a trailblazer, I'm already saying what they're probably going to say, but anyway, <laughs> um, what are, what is your family? What are, what are they going to say? What would you like them to say about how they experience life with you as a working mom? 
I hope they know that they were always the priority. So I hope that they can look back and, you know, as adults understanding all of these professional things I did, that they'll still have those deep-rooted memories of just playing on the floor, playing in the backyard, going for ski weekends. Um, And then I also hope that they have such a strong understanding and respect and embrace of their own bodies. (laughs) My deep goal for them is they just know how special and unique they are, not only to me um, and to Keith as well, um, but in the general in the general world that they are special and unique and strong. So flippin' strong. Oh, that's so beautiful. I'm, I'm just so excited for the message girls can get for the next generation. Now that we have, you know, we're starting to get a better understanding, even maybe if we don't know the exact numbers and quantities because our bodies are changing every minute, but I'm excited for the message for the next generation that we don't have to work against our bodies to succeed. Mm-hmm. We can work with our bodies and it's for us to claim I think there's so much opportunity to claim new forms of success, right? On our terms, honoring the female body. Uh, Thank you so much for this conversation. So exciting. Um, Kelly, is there anything else you would like to share with our audience before we wrap up today's uh, conversation? No, thank you for having me. This was a great conversation. Thank you. Well, thank you to our dear listeners. If you enjoyed this, if you know a mom out there who needs the support of the message today, please don't hesitate to share this episode with with your friends, with your family, tag them, leave us a review so more moms like you can find us. Kelly Willie, thank you so much for today's conversation. I will see you backstage to say another uh, warm thank you. Have a wonderful day, everyone. Thank you so much for joining us today. Now make sure to review the show notes for any information we shared today, either about our guests or from myself. And then if you're ready to take action and turn working motherhood overwhelm into your greatest advantage, then head on over to our Facebook group, facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash pros and babes. Again, info in the show notes. Make sure to Get the support you need to succeed in family and career and be the first to know about new live networking events and training. And of course, connect with other moms who understand exactly what you're going through as a mom with a demanding career. If you're getting value from the show, I would be so grateful if you left us a review so we can reach more moms like you, moms in corporate, competitive and STEM careers who should never be alone with a crushing overwhelm of trying to balance family and career life. See you next time. Thank you.